Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe. The Thunder sophomore players are shaping up for an exciting second year. And so today we're talking all things K.O. Maladone and Alexei Pokashevsky, breaking down their seasons, their summers, and what we insiders are looking forward to this upcoming year from them. But you're also going to want to hang around because we've got something that will bless your timeline today. So let's jump right into today's Thunder Basketball Universe. And I have to say, the universe is all back in balance because we're all back. We're all back together. Nick, I was gone. Now I'm back. We're good now. <laughs> hey, you know, you deserved a vacation, Paris, because you've been on a sprint basically since you got here. And I think, what was it, September of 2019? Yep. You had a shortened 64-game season that rolled straight into a bubble that rolled straight into uh, <laughs> another shortened season. And now, uh, finally, a actual off-season. So, Paris, tell me about your vacation. It was fantastic. I did absolutely nothing but sit on the beach, and that's exactly what I needed because, like you mentioned, it took two years, but we finally, <laughs> finally got an off-season. <laughs> so needed to soak that up, soak up some sun. So I'm feeling refreshed, feeling recharged. I'm good. It's good to be back on the podcast. You I'm love happy. to see it. You love to see it. You love to see the, uh, the Instagram stories and all that goodness yeah. as well. Paris, I, I have to say, I promise I w- it wasn't just out of sight, out of mind, but I have a confession to make. Oh, no. I've been cheating on the church league. I've oh, been playing no. basketball with a new crew Tuesday nights up in Edmond. It's a really good group of guys. They invited me in to, to be, you know, one of the, I think they got about 15 guys that come in and, and just play fives. And it's, it's been some good runs the last few weeks, Paris. So uh, I just, I couldn't have us start this podcast without at least admitting that I've been hooping. Had to get that off your chest. Yeah. But I am a little concerned how we are going to tell Michael Cage. For those who don't know, Michael Cage is the church league guy. He goes yeah. and he plays at this church in OKC. They get a nice run in me and Nick. We've experienced this church league. So this is big news, Gallo. This is I know, news. I know. You know, maybe maybe Mike will let me slide just because, you know, there, it, basketball is, is equal opportunity. You can, whenever you want to hoop, and, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll still get the invites to the church league, even though I've been going up and, and playing with these other guys. That's fair. That's the beauty of basketball, right? You can just pick up a ball, you got to hoop, you're, you're good to go. You're good to go. So that's been the attitude of these Thunder players all off season too. They've been, they've been playing, they've been picking up basketballs whenever they can. A couple guys that we're going to talk about here today too. Yeah. We're talking Teo Maladone and Alexei Pokashevsky. They have been on their Nick Gallo game, putting in that work. <laughs> and let's just dive right in because Poku and Teo, they came in last season. They had a lot in common. They are completely different players, but they did have a lot in common. They were both coming in very young as rookies. They were both teenagers. They were both coming in from overseas so that not only did they have to get used to the NBA game, but they also had to get used to living in a different country in the United States. That's something that they had to get adjusted to. And they also both came in with some level of professional experience already under their belt. Where they differed, Gallo, is their development tracks and what they needed to do during the season in order to grow into the NBA and becoming NBA players. And for Poku, that track this season this past season looked a little bit different. Let's just kind of take people through the story of Poku's first season. And it starts with him being an 18-year-old kid coming overseas to the United States, having to live in a hotel for the first little while that he was here, trying to get acclimated to the language, to the culture, 
And this is a kid that has been a professional playing in, in Athens, Greece for the last you know, five, six years of his life since he was 13 years old, 18 years old as a rookie coming over. And really it was Mark Dagnalt saying that he's doing everything that's being asked of him. And that is a level of maturity that kind of hard to come by for an 18 year old especially a kid coming from the greek second league he played you know, almost his whole season there he played one game for the the top league team uh for olympiacos and that one game actually paris was against teo maladon so uh, it really is a small world <laughs> it is a small world easy for those thunder scouts to be able to to see both those guys in the same game um but but you know by the end of this season paris after everything that we he went through and we're going to kind of go through line by line what went on with poku's season at the end of the year his first comments were basically just thanking the medical staff the covid testers all of the behind the scenes people mm-hmm. that it takes to get a basketball game going in in covid times and that level of understanding of maturity of recognition of everything that's happening around him that's allowing him to just go out and play. I thought that was really impressive. What we're talking about with Poku is that is his mentality. And that same thing goes for Teo. The young guys, their mentality, their ability to soak up lessons and to approach everything as an opportunity rather than a setback or a point of frustration is so critical. And I mentioned, we'll talk about this with Teo, but with Poku specifically, because like you mentioned, he came in very, very young. He's seven feet tall and he had a very unique set of skills. He showed the ability to handle the ball. He could pass the ball pretty well and he showed the ability to shoot as well. But all of these things, they needed to be tightened up. They needed to be shorted up a little bit. He needed to learn how to make decisions quickly and at an NBA pace in an NBA game against NBA talent. And so there was a, there was a big runway for, t- that, for Poku that he had to go down. And the biggest thing for him was, one, being able to be coachable, take in all of the coaching that's getting thrown at him, but also the reps. He really, really needed reps on the floor in order to take those steps to get to the level that the coaches knew that he could get at. And, and I kind of lay this out in a recent feature story I did for OKCThunder.com, Paris, just the cadence of his season and the first 17 games that he was with the Thunder. And, you know, he was playing kind of spot minutes, 15 minutes a night, mostly as a spot up shooter coming off the bench, not getting a whole lot of touches and just that rhythm and flow that you get. Then he goes to the G League bubble with the OKC Blue in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And he averages eight points, seven rebounds, four assists, and a block in 13 games. He's playing 25 minutes a night. He's got the ball in his hand every single day. He's running seven-footer to seven-footer pick and rolls. I mean, doing all of the things. Right. And the game is starting to slow down to the point where we're not just seeing the flashes of creativity. We're seeing him being able to hit singles. Right. Being able to make the easy pass, being able to make the next play for his teammate. And as a playmaker at seven feet tall, you have to have the discipline to just be a ball mover sometimes and not make the exciting play. But we did see his want to pass the ball and it it ended up showing up in, in his interviews as well. When he talked about how, Hey, when there's a pass or an assist, there's two guys that are happy. Two guys that are happy. The, The one who made the pass and the one who finished the shot. And for Poku, that G League bubble, it was so great to see because it's almost like every game we saw him elevate and take a step forward. And it was because of the reps he was getting, but also Gallo, the ball was in his hand so much during all of that. We saw him handling the ball. We saw him, you know, making those those really sharp passes and initiating offense, the behind the back passes, the flashes of creativity and, and flair. 
that was really great to see. And like you mentioned, hitting those singles as well. But getting those reps and then coming back to the Thunder roster, the Thunder lineup, he came back for 28 games, started all 28 of them. And now that he has more time, because like you mentioned, in those first 17 games that he was with the Thunder, it was spot minutes here and there. But now the opportunity opened up for him to take on much more playing time. And now he has the opportunity in those 28 games to really make the most of them because of the time that he spent in the G League bubble and the strides that he took there. And, and that opportunity allowed fans, himself, the team, the coaches, to see Poku pop a little yeah. bit. He would have these games, and, and Mark Dagan will talk about this. You know, he had the historic 23-point, 10-rebound, double-double on five made threes. He was the youngest player to do, like, seven things in that game, I think. <laughs> and then he had a 25-point night against Charlotte, 29 points in the season-ending game versus the Clippers. Rebounds went up five a game. Assists went up two and a half a game. 11 points per game. His progression was not completely linear from a night-to-night standpoint. If you were to look at what he did on Thursday to Saturday to Sunday to Tuesday, it might not show this you know, straight-line graph. But when you look over the course of the season, Paris, and right. the 17 games to start, then the G League bubble, and then the post-bubble, 28 games with the Thunder again, all you're seeing is this upward trajectory. And I think that's really encouraging. Absolutely. And this leads right into what we're seeing from Poku now, which we haven't seen him in action since the regular season, but he, that development track is still going for him because he's one of the players on the Thunder roster that didn't compete in summer league, but that's because his track for development, again, looks a little different and that there was something else laid out for him. This summer is about, you know, him building up his body, working on his game, and he's been in the gym working. We do know that much but it just didn't involve summer league. But again, like you're mentioning, there's just so much to be optimistic about for Poku in this upcoming season. And, and I think even looking at his summer and the plan that the Thunder have for him this off season, his progression is much more, as Sam Presti said at the very outset, it's week to week and month to month, as opposed to day to day. And so there are all sorts of opportunities over the last few months for him to get better. And I'm really excited to see what he's going to look like as a player, not just on the offensive end of the floor, Paris, but defensively too. One thing yeah. we forgot to mention, he had a span of 11 games where he had 17 blocks in right. those 11 games, including one six block game. That was another record. So we were seeing these moments where Poku can really, you know, make a, make a jolt onto the scene. It's all a matter of the consistency for him moving forward. And he's learning how to use that length. He's learning how to use that size and that wingspan, the, 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 the foot speed. He's working on all of that. And so you combine the coachability with the attitude that he has, which is a really, really good one at the age that he is at, and his work ethic to want to get better, to drive and, and really try to take those steps week to week, month to month, like you're mentioning, all comes together to make you really, really look forward to what Poku's got coming up this next season. Still very young, but a lot to look forward to. Another player where there's actually a lot to look forward to as well, that's Teo Maladon Gallo, because this is a guy who we actually did see in action since the regular season. He competed in Summer League, and this was a really, really great lens to see Teo through, was Summer League, because he, physically looked different he you could tell that he was built he's stronger he had been putting in time in the weight room but also he had a different role 
And this, this was something that I really want to talk about with Teo because he had a different role. He was the most seasoned and most experienced person on that summer league roster at 20 years old with only one year of NBA experience. And so you saw him take on a leadership role and he, he was kind of being thrust into more of that vocal kind of outspoken leader that the Thunder coaching staff want to see from him. Right. So all season long, Paris, we, we heard about Teo kind of being pushed in the back yeah. on the floor pace, tempo, aggressiveness. He got a little push in the back at summer league in terms of leadership, mentality, the approach to the game where he's got to be looked to as you're the man now, Teo. Yeah. You're the guy that's that's getting us into things. You're the guy that's got to be the toughest guy on the floor. And fortunately, those two-a-day workouts, they, they helped him get a little bit tougher on the floor on both ends. Paris, will you explain as a point guard to point guard, yep. what did you see from him just as – with a new body, with a new level of confidence, mindset, how those things translated on offense and defense? It's, it's a mental thing. And I saw a lot of fearlessness, honestly, because with Teo, we saw this during the regular season. There was this hesitancy to not want to make a mistake. There was that, he had that poise, that composure about him. That was that previous professional experience starting to show itself at 19 years old throughout the regular season that was one of the first things that you and I noticed about him was just this composure and ability to not get rattled well you mentioned that push in the back okay now it's time to step out of not wanting to make a mistake lean into making mistakes let's start making some of those mistakes so you can learn from those things be more aggressive try to get downhill try to attack the rim and so then in summer league I saw that really full force there was no hesitancy with some of those things he was coming off of pick and rolls turning the corner and attacking really, really aggressively towards the rim, expecting contact. And I think that's the biggest step is he knew coming into this offseason that he was going to be playing more aggressively. Okay, if I'm going to be playing more aggressively, if I'm going to attack downhill, I need to be expecting contact. Okay, if I'm going to expect contact, I got to work on my body. I got to get stronger. And so now all of those things work together to where the mentality is I can turn the corner, I can attack downhill, I can draw a crowd. And now I can do what I really want to do, which is pass the ball, find open teammates. But that all starts with the mentality of I can get downhill. I can't take on contact. There's nothing that I'm worried about there. So the results in summer league were about 10 points a game. He was also sixth in assists per game at six and a half during summer league. And Paris, as you mentioned, he's playing through the contact at the rim. He's fighting around screens defensively. He's getting the thunder into actions quickly so not only you know did we see some of the stuff on the stat sheet there's also the eye test of he's not looking over at the bench waiting for a play call he's getting into something and going right the the side pick and rolls that he ran with oscar da silva with no hesitancy the opposing defense was still kind of getting set saw that there was an empty side corner open and he's getting into it immediately no hesitation whatsoever and getting his team two really easy points the game that really stood out was, I think, the very first one when he had 11 assists to just two turnovers. That was a really impressive performance to set the tone of Summer League. In the second half of the season, his assist-to-turnover ratio did come back down to earth a little bit compared to what it was earlier in the year. But if we're seeing him continue to be aggressive right. and limit the turnovers at the same time, that is really, really good in addition to trying to build up that three-point shot too. So we talk about the strength and we talk about his ability to make plays, but also we have to talk about the, the catalog of experiences that he was able to get during that regular season. He played the most minutes of anybody on that Thunder roster. 
he started 49 games against the, some of the best talent in the NBA. And those are experiences that Teo, I, I'll never forget, he said in his end of season interview that I never took a minute or a game for granted. That's so critical. That's so critical because now you have that experience of, okay, if I'm coming down, and this corner is empty. I know I can do this. And now you're just building up this repertoire. You're building up this bank of information that now you can build on in experiences like summer league where you're getting a bunch of reps. You have a lot of new players that you can start teaching some of this stuff to, but you're layering onto all of this stuff. And now you add it all together and you see what we saw in summer league, which was the 11 assists and only two turnovers, the aggressiveness to get downhill, the calling the plays and running the offense and, and being a vocal leader and in the, in the, the game manager out there on the floor. It's all, it all starts to come together, and it's really cool to see it happen in real time. And Gallo, I'm so glad we were there in person to see this because that's what the coaching staff is looking for, for from Teo is, you know, keep that poise, keep that composure let's add a layer of aggressiveness. Let's, let's put some, a, a little bit more force behind it. And now you can start to see all of that coming together. Last thing I have on Teo is just kind of piggybacking off your point about this collection of data that he's gotten over the course of the past year. And much like a quarterback in football, like a pitcher in baseball, it's the point guard's job to understand everything that there is to know about the opposing team. Right. And especially the opposing team's lead playmaker, which is often their point guard. And Teo has started to build that catalog of, of information on each of these guys. It is going to be really interesting to watch him put all of that in action because he has this wealth of experience already just one year in. Just want to throw out some numbers to you. He led the team in steals last year. Mm-hmm. So we saw some defensive prowess there. He, among rookies, was seventh in points. He was fourth in assists. 11th in rebounds, 6th in three-pointers made, 8th in steals. Really impressive to be in the top 10 in all of those different categories for a rookie and still have so much runway ahead of you, be so young, right. and have now have the opportunity to be a guy that can play alongside Shea Gildas-Alexander, can back up Shea Gildas-Alexander and run the second unit. He, with an added three-point shot, is a much more versatile guard option for this Thunder team this year. And also a relentless worker who is willing to put in the work. Gallo, two times a day he was in the weight room this offseason. Two times in the weight room. And so you're, you're dealing with a guy who has already built up so much in terms of experience, who also has the work ethic to back it up. And we're starting to see that play out in the action that we were able to see during the summer league. So a lot to look forward to for both Teo and Poku. Nick, you and I both have feature articles on OKCThunder.com covering Teo and Poku. So if you want more information, that's where you need to go, okcthunder.com, and check out those features. It is now that point in the podcast where we want to bless your timeline. And Lou Dort has been busy this entire offseason, but this one was a little extra special, Gallo. This little activity that he had back in Montreal was a little bit special because not only was he giving back to the people in his hometown, but he received a little something as well. He received the Medal of the National Assembly from Quebec. That, I have to imagine, is one of the most amazing honors you can get if you're Lou Dort being from Montreal. 
yeah, he, this happened at a ceremony at his high school. So that had to just be really special to be walking back through those halls and to be honored by the, the top leadership and decision makers in Quebec. I, I just, I think about Lou and the, the long bus rides and the, the trips in the cold to go to the gym every day. Yeah. In, Across town, it, it took him, I think, about 30 minutes each way to, to go to the gym that he used to go work out in. And all the people kind of in his neighborhood encouraging him, supporting him to not fall into any traps that can happen to teenagers and to keep staying focused on his goal of being a, a professional basketball player. And the willpower, the resilience that all of that took as a young teenager to stay on the straight and narrow and to see all of that rewarded so quickly, he bursts onto the scene with the thunder and Basically, two seasons in, he's getting this award back home. <laughs> and I have to imagine just the inspiration that that provides to other kids from his same hometown, from where he grew up, who were living the kind of this, a, a similar life that he did in, in Montreal. And having a guy like Lou Dort to look up to, who not only received this award, but has been prideful of where he's come from and, and Montreal and even his Haitian roots as well. Gallo, you remember during the bubble, he had respect us on the back of his jersey in Creole. I mean, that's something that people where he is from can relate to, can look up to. And I just imagine, you know, a little kid growing up in Montreal, seeing Lou Dort in a Thunder uniform, seeing him receive a medal from the National Assembly of Quebec and thinking, I can do that too. I want to do that too. No doubt. And not only did he receive the medal of the National Assembly Gallo, but a few days after, he hosted his very first Lou the Beast basketball camp in Montreal. If I'm a kid, I am chomping at the bit. I don't care what I have to do. I am writing letters. I'm getting to that camp. And here's the best part about it. Lou made sure it was free for all the kids involved. Really doing an incredible job of giving back almost immediately. You know, just remember almost 14, 15 months ago, this guy wasn't even on a full-time NBA contract. Right. So it's not like he had, you know, gobs of money to throw around and here he is not long after that hosting an entire camp for free to see some of the footage that came out of that was amazing you know it it was such a great cadence for Lou he had the event then the next day he goes and works out at his his old court and and we got some great footage that we're gonna really be really excited to roll out at okcthunder.com on that and then he rolls into this camp and and what a weekend for him to really embrace his roots, embrace where he came from and find a way to do, do some good as well. If you look back over Lou's entire, I mean, forget NBA career, basketball career. I mean, going from Canada to Florida before he went to Arizona. I mean, he is, he's really taken a very winding path to get to the level of success that he's at now. And We talk about Poku and Teo and being excited for their upcoming season. We also have reason to be excited for Lou coming up this season as well. But this was a tremendous honor for him. So congratulations, Lou. And I'm I'm happy for all the kids that got to go to his camp because I would have loved to be there too. Learn from Lou the Beast. Before we wrap up the podcast, we got to keep you up to date on all of the content to be on the lookout for. Coming down the pipeline on OKCThunder.com is a feature on the Thunder's one and only Mike Muscala. That will be up this week. 
Yeah, Muscala re-signed with the Thunder this offseason. We all saw some of his very emotional comments. And Paris, you have written this feature. We got to catch up with Mike actually in Las Vegas at Summer League, where he and a number of these guys, including Lou Dort, were there to support their their Summer League compatriots. And and he talked to us a little bit about that decision to re-sign and what it means to be a part of the organization. Tell us about kind of the direction that your feature goes into. It really starts with gratitude, Gallo. This is a guy who only played 35 games in this past season. He took a backseat in the rotation, recognizing that, you know, these young players, he was also a young player in need of playing time at one, one point in his career. And so taking a backseat in the rotation, helping guys like Isaiah Roby get ready for games, helping them during workouts. And then you also have him helping a guy like Gabrielle Deck get oriented into the organization, flexing a little bit of that, that Spanish degree that Mike has in his back pocket. And all of these things work together for a, a guy like Mike to really put the team first in everything that he does. We, you mentioned those emotional kind of remarks that he made in that, that end of season interview. That's how he feels about this organization. He's grateful to be a part of it. He's grateful to help out in any way that he possibly can. And all the more reason to be grateful when you sign a multi-year contract in the off season. So that that's kind of the, the framework of the feature story. Mike is a guy who is just really the picture of gratitude. And um, he's, he's, he's a great veteran, great locker room guy for this group. So be on the lookout for that Mike Muscala feature coming down the line shortly. Go to okcthunder.com to check that out. But until then, that is all for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much to our producer, Matt Bishop. And until next time, Thunder up and catch you later. Welcome back, Paris. Woo-woo.